Hi everybody! Uh, before we get started today, I just wanted to let you know that there was a microphone mix-up and you're likely going to notice that my audio in particular is uh, cringy. I did my best to fix what I could and hopefully it won't be too bad. Thanks for understanding in advance though. And stay tuned till the very end to hear about another really cool D&D podcast. This episode contains spoilers for the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series, the Angel series, and the first season of the Grave New World actual play game. Trigger warnings for this episode include talk of death and dying, horror themes, vampires, emotions, and trauma. Are we ready? I'm ready. So we point out. Hello and welcome to Professional Questers! I'm Chris, and I love tabletop role-playing games. Even more than that, though, I love hearing about the characters in those games. So I decided to interview people in the TTRPG world about their beloved PCs. That means player characters. Joining us today are the awesome players of Season 1 of the Grave New World Campaign, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer TTRPG hosted on the Dirty 20 Gaming Twitch and YouTube channels. That is a mouthful. And... GM'd by yours truly. So let's have them introduce themselves and who they play. I'm going to play the Eeny Miny Mo game like I usually do on our streams. Eeny Meeny Miny Mo Bison. Hi, um, I am Bison Stonefist. I am one of the more um, frequent contributors on the Dirty 20 channel. My character in season one was Jack Aldridge, a mysterious quote unquote. Um, uh, addition halfway through the campaign. And let's see who's next. Let's make it Eddie. Hi, my name is Eddie Elfman. I'm an Edmonton-based voice actor. I am a off-and-on-again contributor on the Dirty 20 gaming channel, uh, and I play Miss Cheryl Dar, uh, the sorceress Southern Belle. Awesome. Mana? Hi, I, like Eddie, am a on and off again contributor to the Dirty 20 Gaming channel. Uh, and in the first season of The Grave New Worlds, I played Ash Lexington, our lovely hometown slayer of the campaign, which we'll get into a little later. <laughs> I'm Bat Kyle. Hi, I'm not a uh, Bat Kyle. Uh, I'm one of the more frequent menaces on the Dirty 20 Gaming channel. Um, usually in at least one game and usually in at least four chats trying to make people break. Uh, I play everybody's favorite half-demon stoner oracle, uh, Jacob King, and we'll talk a little bit more about him later. Yes, we will. However, before we move into the questions, I would be remiss if I did not mention someone who couldn't make it tonight. The lovely Gloriosa, who played Estia in the first half of the season one of the campaign, uh, was not able to join us for this interview, but she played an integral part in the story and character dynamics of Grave New World, and I want to give her a shout out and a very big thank you. So everybody say thank you, Glory! 
Thank you, Glory. Thank you, Glory. Thank you, Glory. Your sacrifice was was wicked. Yep. <laughs> Watch the show and you'll know what that means. Oh, are we not doing spoilers? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know what's going to get brought up and what's not. I'm sure it'll get brought up. It was so integral to the the, the show. Um, <laughs> now, let's interrogate my players. Get the clamps. <laughs> Get the <laughs> okay so we're gonna start with the basics um give me a physical description of your character starting with i mean i'll i guess i'll start since i <laughs> spoke up uh yay is a little over six feet tall um usually messy dirty blonde hair uh actually fairly well-kempt beard mustache uh big hefty dude not fat and also not like bodybuilder muscled more like the sort of like a, the power lifter sort of build uh if you can imagine that he's always a little tan and slightly ruddy um really striking crystal green eyes and nose that's obvi obviously been broken at least once and just didn't quite set very well which given his constitution says something um he's usually dressed in comfortable baggy clothes um at least in part to hide some of his stash and that's yay. Uh, let's go in a circle from my screen, which is going to make it mana. All right. Well, that's fun because I was about to volunteer. Uh, one of Ye's good friends and Ash's best friend is Ash. Uh, so Ash is a much more petite than Ye is. Uh, they stand at a whopping five foot four. <laughs> Uh, they are that kind of like gymnast-esque build, uh, pale skin, but does tend to tan in the summertime and their hair is whatever color they're feeling that month. Uh, currently it has grown out and faded into its more natural blonde. Uh, but when the campaign started, it was a pretty bright teal. Uh, they also tend to have blue eyes, um, you know, hazel in some lights, but a little bit blue and yeah, they are every inch of sass that their body can carry. <laughs> And confirm. Eddie, how about you? Uh, Miss Cheryl Dar is a, I believe, second or third year college student that is a business major. Uh, she is uh, round 5'11", uh, olive tan skin with dark green eyes and full long uh, red head of hair, um, a very serious demeanor. And definitely acts and looks like a mean girl, especially in the uh, beginning episodes of season one. Um, and uh, works out a little bit, but not like enough that it would show up on her character sheet. Yeah, so tone and, and fit, but not necessarily uh, as strong as anybody else in the party. <laughs> and last but not least, Bison. Uh, Jack could probably get lost in the in a crowd. He's very average. He's 5'9". Um, he's in pretty good shape. Um, wears jeans and white t-shirts. Um, his general appearance is generally well kept, depending or not if he's had a bad night. Uh, he had sort of mousy brown hair, blue eyes, uh, clean shaven. And yeah. 
so very 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 normal very 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 normal <laughs> almost too normal some would say John, like a John, normal John, amount of John. normal yeah, <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> not a cop <laughs> he's definitely not a cop what um so you've you've basically already mentioned like the role or archetype that you play we've got yay the the muscle and the you know psychic bullshit um <laughs> i think as yay would describe it yeah. um got yeah. ash the slayer got um cheryl the you know the magic provider and jack how would you describe <laughs> the role well that, that actually kind of goes into his um into the how i named him he was supposed to be a jack of all trades hence jack aldridge um but primarily he does the shady stuff okay shadier than yay's weed yeah business yeah. <laughs> yeah which is almost a legitimate business at this point you know just yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yay know, is, is it, misdemeanor shady. Is it illegal? Yeah, in Yay Ohio? is mis- misdemeanor shady. Jack is uh, felony yeah. shady. I would also like to point out that Cheryl's major contribution, besides the magic, was her just amazing ability to network, charm, and research stuff that Yay would have passed out from boredom trying to do. Um, <laughs> just the way Cheryl could wander in, charm somebody get the information that she needed and get out again just you know to come back and be like hey here's this key piece of information she definitely that... took on the, the the chief operations officer role very very yeah. harshly of just oh, what yeah. logistically needs to get done um and i i feel bad for any any director when you give me access to 2023 technology and and a lot of times on stream to just say, all right, let's uh, let's try and crack the case here. Whip up yeah. the, the thing I kind of regret uh, as the director was giving you access to Chat GPT. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and it's always playing yeah. the game. Of, I think that was does, one of the best. The person that's running this real world thing. <laughs> Do they recognize uh, that they know just a little bit less than I know? So I can bullshit a little bit about what it can do. And we'll see where it goes from there. It doesn't help that I'm just like sometimes not versed on things. Adult. I should have my shit together, but do I? Not always. That's every DM. Yep. You're very you're very good at just not making it obvious. You have no idea. Yeah, you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, well, this is what you get. So, yeah, you do you have a full idea? Are you even really a DM? <laughs> I go in with like a fair amount of notes, and then I come out of an episode going, half of that wasn't in my notes. Yep. There's, there, there are episodes where like 80% of the episode, was not part of my notes and I'll never tell you which episode today. <laughs> in my cyberpunk game, which I run on Tuesday nights on Dirty 20 Gaming, 
hashtag shout out. Um, By the way, he just did finger guns. There's an entire character arc that I did not even remotely plan. It's the character arc with Kraken and the drugs, all because the character rifled through some pockets and just took some random pill. It's, an, it's become its whole entire thing, and it's one of my favorite parts of the campaign. But you gotta have a druggy character, right? So leans into it so well. <laughs> um, the last part of the sort of basics that we're covering, I like to go over, um, sort of personality aspects, like things that um, things that you think sort of make your character who they are, motivations and goals, fears, quirks and mannerisms, strengths and flaws, stuff like that. What? What about your characters um, do you think, what's the word I'm looking for, makes them who they are? Well, um, for Ye, his major motivations are um, to protect people who can't fight back the way that he can. He knows that he has a lot of advantages being what he is and he feels a responsibility to use that to try and help those weaker than he is or people who don't know anything at all about the supernatural um he's also motivated uh in part though he doesn't talk about it much by the desire to make up for the 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 abuse of his gifts that landed him with a, the very painful connection to the powers that be that he has now um, in the hopes that maybe that it won't go away, but you know, maybe they'll, they'll ease back on that whole, you feel and smell and sense everything, what you see because that shit sucks. Yeah. And I make him do that shit. Yep. Uh, his greatest fear has already kind of come to pass um, in part Hashtag spoilers, you know, um, <laughs> that he will fail to protect the people he actually cares about. Uh, you know, he, he lost one and he is terrified. Uh, he's working on it, but he's terrified that he's once again, he's not going to be there where he needs to be when he needs to be, or he's not going to be strong enough or skilled enough. He's just not going to be enough to save somebody who means something to him which is his parents in this group at this point um did you want to go round robin on some of these or should i just kind of finish it out because i feel like i just started talking and didn't stop you guys can do whatever you want i probably shouldn't have given you that much freedom but you can oh, no. do whatever you want <laughs> i was um, like careful i'll just finish it out since i came this far i guess um yeah. Uh, quirks and mannerisms. Ye is generally a very <laughs> laid-back person, uh, or at least tries to be, but I think a fair amount of that uh, is the weed um, that he is still fairly addicted to to help manage the, the pain and psychological trauma. Um, he he prioritizes his his friends and family. That's above anything, which is why his schoolwork suffered, but he managed to 
slip through with a B, you know, C's get degrees and B's mean your parents aren't totally disappointed in you and don't give you that, that look. Um, he does tend to light up probably more than is pragmatic and in places that he shouldn't since in Ohio in the game, I don't believe marijuana is legal, um, which is of course part of what, why he deals. Um, <laughs> His strengths are his half-demon nature, and like the way he was brought up, he's about as strong as most lesser demons and vamp- you know, uh, regular vampires. Um, he's had a fair amount of training. Uh, his well, flaws are... Now. It is? Uh, very, like, as of, like, a week ago, apparently. Wow, oh. we did it, guys. Wow, good that job, was, guys. That's, that was the whole reason why we did the first season. Wow. Exactly. Hey, exactly. you too can affect change. Exactly. Together we can. <laughs> um, this has been a very political podcast from the start. <laughs> Boondabar. Um, Our true purpose. Ye's flaws are one of my flaws as well, or at least one of his flaws is my flaw as well and that he uses kind of humor and wisecracks to uh, uh, deflect and handle anxiety and discomfort. Um, also his dependence on marijuana um, and, you know, booze and such to, to treat the, everything really, because there's not really anyone he feels like, like uh, professionally that he can go to for, for therapy. How do you go to a therapist and be like, hey, I'm a half demon and I kill vampires and not have them go. That's great. Let me just call somebody. <laughs> so. <sighs> New NPC. Uh, <laughs> supernatural therapist. Exactly. 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 So oh my God. That's oh, in, a, in a nutshell. There's the NPC you don't even know about right now. And... <laughs> Supernatural well, if he's anything therapist. like Danny, we're going to want to kill him. Oh, yeah. Careful. No, he's nothing like Danny. Or she's nothing like Danny. <laughs> Swear to God, if it's creepy, oh, not stepmom. If it's creepy, not stepmom. <laughs> Ash is going to riot. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, for Ash. Um... Well, here's to you, Mr. <laughs> Robinson. It's copyright. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mona. <laughs> Um, let's see for Ash, um, their motivation is pretty much end goals is to, uh, find out more about this world that they were thrown into. That's not really a spoiler. That is like episode one. So go watch it. Um, but, uh, their motivation goals are to just learn more about this world they're thrown into and actually embrace this change that they can't change. Uh, they have realized that this, this is who they are now. Uh, so they're here they might as well embrace it and get to be a better slayer and you know care a little bit more about what's going on because at first i think they kind of dismissed it um and was like okay i'll do this one thing and be done and realized that is so not true <laughs> um and let's see their greatest fears are actually um kind of similar to yay's a little bit different not in the sense that they can't protect people um but their dad previous to like this friend group and yay uh I guess that kind of ties into one of their quirks and strengths. Uh, they are the party person. Like they know everybody who has to know everybody who has to know everybody. They can walk across campus and say, Oh, that's so-and-so that's so-and-so. Um, but they never really had a very close knit group uh, before. And so outside of yay and their dad, they didn't really have anybody 
Um, so they are so terrified of just losing those two pillars and now, you know, two other pillars in their life, uh, which is why, you know, events happening affected them so harshly as well um, as just losing uh, people that they finally feel connected to, uh, especially mostly their dad. Uh, their dad is like their rock. Uh, and so if anything were to happen to him like that, like catastrophic grief uh, would be there. And then uh, let's see. Well, their course of mannerisms, like I said, they are the party person. Um, they know the places to go, the things to do, you know, all that stuff. They, if you need recommendations for a date night, a study spot, a good coffee shop, the cool restaurant that nobody's ever heard of, uh, they're that person <laughs> to kind of, you know, go to and get those recommendations from, uh, what else? Strengths, right? Strengths and weaknesses. Um, I think one of their weaknesses is their, uh, inability to think outside of a moment. Um, they don't like to think too far ahead in the future. And I think that kind of fails them sometimes. So they're just focused on the now a lot of the time. Uh, so I think that, they need to work on that a little bit better. Oh, one of their quirks that I need to mention, which I think I would be remiss if I didn't, um, they are always seen with some sort of beverage in their hand without fail, without fail. They always have some sort of beverage in their hand, preferably with a straw. Uh, so that, you know, those slurps can come at the <laughs> exactly right moment. Uh, but they are very good about getting their friends and loved ones, uh, their own beverages as well. Beverage, beverage queen. They are. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I think, I think that's kind of it for Ash for me. I, I suppose uh, in regards to Cheryl uh, and what makes Cheryl Cheryl, I didn't think that I would ever be talking about it and, and vocalizing it for other people to hear. So we'll see how this goes. Um, I don't, I haven't played a lot of uh, female characters uh, on stream. Uh, as, as a DM, you get to play like every every sex and every gender that you have in your world. Uh, and, and that's always fun. But I was like, oh, I'm going to I should play. Uh, I should play someone from a, a female perspective. So obviously it needs to be a heavy analysis of of what I perceive are female struggles coming from a from a young uh, young guy. So I wanted to have uh, a woman who showed part of that duality of having to be everything at the same time and be uber successful and have everything together and have everything um be popular be attractive be well educated be confident be this like perfect person because that the description of what a perfect person is is heavily described in like this male coded existence so she I believe like the character motivation uh, in one line was what if in order to destroy this entire horribly complicated nonsensical system, uh, if a woman became so goddamn amazing at, at, at capitalism, essentially, uh, that she just broke all these financial institutions would be would be good. I think uh, her first hero when she was a kid was Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, stealing up billions of dollars off of wealthy investors. And she thought, wow, she did so much good by taking m money away from uh, Warren Buffett and uh, a number of other uh, questionable wealthy figures. So I, I wanted to have that and then also the, uh, the part of her that was more 
a little bit more genuine that in order to be this uh, well-organized and efficient, you're often going to be a bit of a nerd and you're going to actually not necessarily like be as engaged with all these other social situations um, and start to realize that like, like uh, back how I was saying this, that when you get into all these supernatural situations or, or weird things, you can't really process it on your own. Uh, so you should probably process it with the people. And she saw an objective or, or something. And she thought, well, I can't really like leave this whole situation in other people's hands. I should be in control of this situation as well. Uh, cause I can do things well and I can do things properly. Um, and probably leaned into to having a lot of control and uh and disregarding any possibility of leading towards uh uh chaos that if you're if you're able to be in the room and make decisions that you can ensure that like ohio is saved or cleveland is saved uh, i suppose or the hellmouth doesn't get opened um but realize that the the people that she was with are genuine good people that she didn't have to be fake with and didn't have to have any weird moments or question their motivations and was less clicky and got to have some more serious friends over the, the course of it and realized that the success that she's been trying to like go after that's hard coded isn't really like tangible, enjoyable success uh, and being with your people and making sure that they're not that they're okay, but like, helping achieve a task and taking care of your own is what success became to her. Um, and then, yeah, ensuring that she's in control of almost every situation became uh, a quirk uh, and also her strength uh, and also her weakness because uh, her assuming that she was uh, up to any task uh, did lead her to abuse magic a little bit too much. Um, Ne never really a hundred percent bitter in the ass, but it was always there. Uh, and and as a as a player character, I, I knew that that was always a possibility that I would go sicko mode and and murder one of the other players, or at least try to. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fall on Willow. <laughs> yes. Oh, and uh, uh, other inspiration was to have a combination of Cordelia and Willow, and to just uh, pretend to to be a woman and just shit on men for 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 two hours. Uh, that was that was very fun. Uh, just to give horrible like being in a situation where you're getting accosted at a party. Uh, I get to role play that now, and I get to give someone a piece of my mind, which was quite cathartic. <laughs> Jack. Jack's kind of weird because Jack was the first character I created with being a GM in mind. Um, I wanted a character that was going to be a little bit of a source of tension. Um, so he comes in, he's got, he's kind of the opposite of Cheryl, cause it, but at the same time, very much not because he's on a quest to find himself. He's stuck in a moment that's shaped his destiny and he's caught between trying to be good enough for that while also maintaining his cover because he's secretly a government agent. 
his greatest fears, one of them has already come true. People know. Um, the other Slayer in the group, as well as the Watcher, are both aware that Jack is far more than what he seems. And his cover has been all but broken. His other fear is that whatever happened to him and what you know put him on this sort of initiative path um that when it comes back for him that he's not going to be ready um his quirks and mannerisms uh kind of roll into his strengths and flaws he's very mission oriented um when they gave him a job like there was finally a target he went all in for it and, and actually willingly pretty much broke his cover in attempts to complete that goal he's also an alcoholic a high functioning alcoholic and actually cheryl called him out on it right at the end that was a great great sequence thank by you the way. um and so yeah he's he's got that going with going for him it's related to the the event that shaped him and that kind of it's always like this little bug on the back of his shoulder um he's also constantly trying to juggle his um his duty to his job and his duty as a good person trying to stop a great evil from destroying the city. And the two do not match up. And he's struggling with that. We get to play with and... that next season. Yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah, trying to ingratiate himself into a group that does not know him. Because he, he came in through halfway through the season. And so people were understandably uh, wary of them. And I get—I guess I get to play with that next season, too. Mm -hmm. So now that we have the foundations laid of who these people are and what they do, I want to get into the topic of uh, this session, which is focusing on what I like to call TV RPGs, which is essentially RPGs that are based off of established IPs, specifically, you know, from television or movies, stuff like that. So my first question is when it came to making your characters, was it difficult to make one that stood out or was unique, but could still slot into the established world of the Buffyverse. I'm not going first this time. I was going to say, actually, if Macal doesn't mind, I actually might like to go first uh, because I had a little bit of a hard time with this. Uh, and I know, Chris, I kind of talked to you about it. I had a ton of jitters um, when you approached me and asked me if I was interested in playing the Slayer character in a Buffy TTRPG, I was simultaneously so excited that I took a piece of wood that I broke from an axe throwing competition that fell out of the thing and had it as my personal stake for the first few episodes, but also uh, so scared because the title of Slayer is 
iconic in the Buffy world, right? Uh, we have Buffy, we have Faith, we have all of the Slayers that came after, and it's intimidating. And I asked you if we could kind of twist it on its head a little bit and have a more gender fluid and non-binary Slayer, uh, which has proved to be a little different, um, but not really changing the role as Slayer too much. Um, but I still deal with this like imposter syndrome sometimes of am I playing Ash up to the standards of who they should be as a slayer? Um, and I am always in the back of my mind hesitant that I don't want Ash to be too Buffy-esque. And I'm trying to go for, you know, a mix of Buffy mixed with Faith's kind of crappy attitude sometimes mixed with Ash's own kind of party person personality and it's something that is a little bit difficult to juggle at times uh but is also super exciting and very fun uh but definitely keeps the nerves on their toes for sure of finding a way to fit into a such a well-established universe in our own way or at least in my own way i can't i don't want to speak for the others but <laughs> um but yeah definitely was a little bit a little bit different and a little difficult and it's always a fun challenge every every session to kind of walk that balance beam. And I know Eddie, you said like, yeah, you know, that's you're how going I felt <laughs> playing somebody that, that on the surface I was. <laughs> yeah. Going for some sort of like uh, Cordelia esque character. Um, and I definitely was trying as hard as possible to, to come off before any of like the, uh, any roles or any weird things that were happening on stream, I was like, I want it to seem like I am a grade A. Can we swear on this? <laughs> yeah. A grade A B word. Anyways, um, I wanted to, I don't know, just just be uh, Regina George. Uh, I wanted to be Cordelia before uh, she lightened up uh, or or she got into to any relationships or left the series to join another one. Uh, and then I also wanted uh, mechanical powers of, of Willow. Um, but I wanted to avoid any of the specifics. Those those characters often had like lots of like romance driven plot or, or at least like subplots. Um, and looking back at Buffy now, like I think when I agreed to do to do the show, I was like, oh yeah, Buffy. And I had all these things in my mind and I took the, all the surface layer things, definitely made the character. But when it came to specifics, I was like, should have a female character that is uh, motivated by, let's, let's do like career and not a crazy way, but like career and friends and a regular amount of regular life, regular university student that's just a well-achieving university student as opposed to needing to date somebody or get involved. We had we had a, a Cheryl one-shot, two-shot uh, that was very difficult to avoid any romantic interest. Um, uh, but uh, still, I wanted that to be like a the third or fourth thing that you would ever think about in regards to Cheryl's story. Yeah, I definitely... I threw Cam at you uh, with Mana's permission um, just to see what would happen. And I, I like the way Cheryl handled it. Mm -hmm. yep. 
I specifically went in with uh, MC Wicka Wicka going, you know what? He's not going to be interested in Cheryl at all. We're not going to make this another, you know, three-way love triangle <laughs> or anything. Nor am I going to take him in, like, creepy stalker angles. Yes. Yeah, you know, MC Wicka Wicka is very self-absorbed, um, very driven about his brand, and he does not have time for anybody who might overshadow that brand. <laughs> They're almost mirrors of each other. In a, in a very sort of, in a way, like they've obviously got their own. It led to such like, a natural like friendship, which which gives me a lot of joy yeah, is yeah. when is when in, in fictional media that you write a character or anything that you have two people that, that, that could get along so well and are, and because it's media, everyone's attractive. Be like, oh, wow, yeah. you and you, we have our differences, but we, we have the same values. And they go, we're going to be best friends now is a great like that's because that's what happens in real life. When you meet yep. somebody that yes. you're like, oh, sick, you like the same things that I like. Let's like catch up later and like message each other a little like, I don't know, affirmations and, and weird shit. It doesn't have to be a there doesn't have to be a romantic aspect to those. It's one of my those, favorite uh, things dynamics. that happens. Yep. Was it difficult to make one that stood out? I was deliberately trying not to, um, in its own kind of sort of way. Um, another thing I did is um, I took a page out of my own personal playbook and made this guy a Christian, um, specifically a lapsed Christian, which mirrors my own personal experience. And um, to slot them into the world of the of Buffy, I'm a big Buffy fan. I became a big Buffy fan because of my wife, who is a bigger Buffy fan. And um, I kind of looked through the scoobs, like the the list of, you know, side characters from Buffy and realized the only one that didn't really have a representative was Riley. And that's kind of where I went with that, except I didn't want a Riley that was after mana for be or sorry after ash yeah. for being yeah. this for being a pretty woman yeah i wanted Paul riley uh, a riley that was after the slayer because they are objective oriented they wanted to be a part of the mission not the polycule hashtag not the polycule <laughs> Hashtag not a polygon. Yeah. That was the first thing that popped in my head. Early, yeah. early 2000s TV show has to do with romances and subplots. It really yeah. does. I will say that well, having sells. Jack and not there's none of that in our game. Yeah. No. I will say that having Jack not be interested in Ash did make it a little bit easier for Ash to eventually accept him. Um, because and I was like so happy that you went that way with Jack because as you said like Riley was just there for Buffy's mm -hmm. you know assets uh, <laughs> but you know and it makes Jack a little bit more interesting of a character too um, than just you know the surface level motivations for sure. I'll admit that's kind of why I went with the obliviousness for for Yay. Not that he's ace, <laughs> just that he he doesn't notice and he's not a proactive person when it comes to being interested in somebody because he's this huge, enormous husky dude um, who's, you know, brought up right and doesn't, you know, doesn't want to mistake kindness for interest and doesn't want to, you know, anybody to feel pressured or threatened. So he just, he, he never really put himself forward. And now that means that like the whole group is like, dude, that, that girl was totally into you. And he's like, nah, she's just being friendly. 
it's it's fine um you know i'm sure it's nothing you're, you're describing my life <laughs> <laughs> kind of um, describing mine too but that's a it's a different thing um now for difficulty in making a character in this no there was no the difficulty was narrowing it down to the one character to play yes. for this game because <laughs> i had like a half dozen ideas that i pared down to either yay as the half demon um or the the werewolf that i just dis- discussed but i really wanted to go i wanted the, the group to have that connection to the powers that be um but i didn't want it to be easy um, so I borrowed from uh, Doyle from Angel um, on that front in that, you know, even as a half demon, he had the sight, but he was being punished for what he did. Um, and I was like, you know what? I can use that. They've set the precedent. Um, and then in that show as well, later on, they kind of hinted that uh, a normal human was going to be overwhelmed and eventually damaged and burnt out by having that connection and experiencing the gift. So I was like, all right, so what if I kind of stick with the Doyle sort of Doyleish line, but instead have him be more like uh gun um, also from angel. Uh, I love Buffy and I love angel both. Um, but angel just always felt more like more like it focused on the side characters more than Buffy did. It like really let them grow besides, you know, are they going to bone or not mm-hmm. um, through that? Or are they having relationship difficulties? So, I mean, that's the the route I eventually went with. And then just from there, I was like, all right, but how can I still make him kind of unique? And that's where I came up with the whole idea of his mom summoning his dad uh, from a pocket dimension that doesn't really have any other connections to the world. So there isn't another demon like him around, at least that he knows of. Um, and you know, doing what he does does not exactly endear him to demon kind in general. So, you know, he's a bit of an outcast from the demon side of things because he tries to protect humans and sometimes, you know, uh, pacifist demons and such, but mostly humans, uh, from vampires and other predatory demons. Um, but he doesn't really fit in with humans all that much either, uh, except superficially because you can't risk bringing a normal person into this, this world. Any normal person either needs to be read in and therefore, you know, is is a target because they're going to see and notice things and the things that like to stay hidden don't like that. Or you don't read them in and they get surprised and then you've been lying to somebody you care about all this whole time. So it was a it was a whole thing. But, um, you know, I love both shows. I've read through a fair amount of the lore, read comics from post, like post the shows. So I had a lot of lore to work with. I did not feel constrained by a need to fit into the world or like I was making an idea that didn't fit in. It was really just refining it down to what do I want to play this time? Because I want to play everything. Yeah. There's such a crazy amount of like range that you also get when it's something that is supposed to be set in our world, quote unquote that like having it be this kind of existence with that there's the CD supernatural part or CD underworld part, you're like the regular things still occur. So you can think of anything between reality and the supernatural and you can just kind of plop in just as long as like everyone's making a, a joke here or there and 
Yeah, everybody like looks older than they than they should be. <laughs> yeah, and that actually kind of segues into my next point, which is like, did you find it hard to work around any existing lore, or did it provide kind of a freedom of sorts, like plenty of options to springboard off of or fall back onto? I discovered that I could basically just have gone with any intergovernmental agency. I didn't know the initiative had actually like collapsed, collapsed. And so it was just easy to just shoehorn um, a military background into the character. Yep. There was just, well, in, you know, in the shows, there was so much stuff that they just sort of, oh, they alluded to, but never, you know, they mentioned this demon in passing or this creature or this spell or artifact or ancient race or whatever. There's just, they, they littered the show in a good way. I feel like with so many little breadcrumbs that you know, they never followed, they're just, you know, little bits of lore to flesh out the world that it was easy, at least for me, to just kind of tack on and go, you know what? All right, great. I see the shape of things. I know what shape it needs to take. And I can, you know, make my idea fit that. I didn't feel constrained at all. Yeah, there was some stuff from the, the show's universe uh, that you're like, okay, the average person that's dealing with vampires probably thinks this because of the show universe, and that allows for more, I don't know, dramatic moments or dramatic scenes. Like looking at somebody and, and having, like you, you're in you're in Cleveland, you might have known about Angel or, or, or a vampire that's allowed to have their soul, but looking at someone and going, the second that somebody's a vampire, they're a thoughtless killing machine it is proven it is known and then for us to kind of in the back of our head go yeah yeah like that's absolutely true like they're they're either like turned up to 11 but like the the characters that we care about in the buffy tv series our characters have no idea like who they are or haven't like heard about them so it helped to inform to be like okay inherently there is a bias in the supernatural community that this is true that it would be astounding if um, if Spike or or Angel or, or somebody else is is acting contrary to just being a, a blood sucking monster. So that allowed some nice moments of being like, no, we have to we have to kill them. There's no other option. We have to do it. I know it's spooky. How many times have we wanted to kill Danny without him giving us any? Reason and then that to... led to yeah, us wanting to murder an NPC <laughs> horribly. Two NPCs because. Kip still needs to die. One day. <laughs> never, never met him. I guess Cheryl never met Kip. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then, my next question. It got kind of answered in this previous previous um, section, but it, it, essentially, when you finally started playing your characters. How did it feel to be playing in a famously established world, like this world that you either like looked up to or liked a lot in, you know, bygone eras? I, I say that as if we're all really, really old. We're not, but <laughs> um, uh, if you identify as old, that's on you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just look at the way they were dressed. It was a minute ago. <laughs> now, you know what they say. You're only as one old as the one who feels you. So, what? You know, 
Is that not the saying? Um, no. It felt good. It felt good to, but... to be in an established lore world. Uh, to have parallels to the series uh, did uh, did tingle my my brain to be like, oh, this is. I'm like imagining this kind of scene, or you you end up uh, naturally creating links between the source material and and like what's going on in in the, in the show. So when I was like, oh my god, I have an opportunity to use Amy's ratification spell. Let's go. Like, let's, like, I know it's so anticlimactic and stupid, but it's such a great, like, Whedon esque uh, way to, to, to invert this situation or, uh, or, or change expectations, which was really, uh, really enjoyable. You, you definitely, like, have a, a beat structure to that established world, which works well for storytelling and, and streams. Yeah. Um, I, like, I, I would agree. I, Sorry, go ahead. No, I, you go first because I have a different thing. Okay. Oh, okay. I was just gonna say it, um, for a lot of what we did, I could picture it kind of in in a Buffy way, like when everybody's gathered together, um, you know, in in the the classroom slash library, and they're doing magic or they're just hanging out. I could see it just like you know the library at the high school in Giles and. So there are a lot of a lot of moments that we didn't. I don't feel like we consciously tried to make them Buffy esque in that way. But there are a lot of times where I was just like, "Yeah, yeah, this this feels. I can see it in my head. This is this is you know what they would kind of what they would do. This is how it would look if we framed it. You know, if we had cameras and everything. And so that was it was really nice. I was I was giddy to to be in a world I kind of know so well, but we can still expand on. I 100% agree with that. Um, I would make comments in, during the show. I can see that with the Buffy filters, like <clears throat> from watching it on TV as a high schooler. Like it's uh, like there were times uh, Kevin, our our wonderful uh, head GM, refers to it as more Buffy than Buffy because it's all by fans. We're all fans and we're all loving this. Yep. So Eddie uh, actually said a particular phrase, um, oh, and it just flew out of my brain like it always does. Um, <laughs> it's something about um, expectations, subverting and, like, or inverting expectations. So, yeah, yeah. Um, when, um, like. I lost my place. We can edit it Hold out. That's sec. the joy. That's the joy of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. Wow, that's that was so a cool. great thing about this. <laughs> Train of thought went no. <laughs> um, so were you like excited to see where you could perhaps push the limits or stretch the lore as you were given um, this? It's an established world, but it's also a playground that I am giving you because I'm creating my own set within the Buffyverse. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so jazzed, especially when I when I see a magic system or or any sort of tactical system uh, in in any tabletop where I'm looking at the numbers and being like. Okay, I can see how they intended it. How do I one break it, and then I, I see what the director's trying to do. How do I two break that? Um, so I think <laughs> definitely ran into some like I, I definitely like hit hit the 
the bumper rails a couple times because I'm not particularly like astute about the mechanics of 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 this system. Uh, and then as we got into like more of the nitty gritty, I was like, okay, they're definitely punishing magic users. I need to punish the story for punishing magic users. I need to directly like affect this. Um, um, I think the way that you had Cheryl break the game though was so inherently Cheryl. Like yeah, 110% so well. in character. It always made sense. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. Sorry, just um, a thing about the playground. It was an absolute blast to like inject things that we as fans know. Like Jack's obsession with passions. He's always watching that when he's drunk. Um, you know, <laughs> continuous references to the gem of Amara. The nebulousness behind what happened at Sunnydale. You know, it, that was always a lot of fun. Yep. And, you know, I enjoyed the way that you really rolled with what we tried whenever we tried to push things. Like when I was like, okay, well, what if, I don't know, I, I don't remember them really ever trying to do this other than when Angel kicked in their door. But what about, you know, just trying to contact the powers that be through that link the other way and asking them, hey, since you're sending me all these painful visions, can you help us out? Um, and the way you just kind of like, okay, here's what happens. Or here, you know, it works with Cheryl's magic to do this totally unexpected yes. thing. Awesome. Love to hear it. <laughs> so, um, and I think I've already, you know, heard some of it in your previous answers as well, but was it helpful then to have a world that you were already familiar with as opposed to like a GM's homebrew world where you might not know much about anything. I think so. Um, at least to me, because like I, like I said earlier for me, I've, I think, Oh, go ahead, sorry. Go uh, I just like, I've, I've watched the full series multiple times. I've watched angel, the full series multiple times. Like I've read the comic books, gone through the wikis because I just love the world and the lore. And so I felt like it was it was great to jump in and to really know things. Um, not to say there isn't a magic to jumping into a world where you know almost nothing and be like, all right, here's my character, you know, let's learn. But I felt like the game rolled a lot more smoothly. Like we didn't have to stop as often for clarification and things because we're fans who know the world. Over to you, Mana. You were going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say that actually conversely for me i mean i love playing in an established world but i mostly come from an entirely homebrew background like most of the games i have ever played with the exceptions of the ones that i've played on dirty 20 gaming and um wandering haven that i've played on before too have all been homebrewed um for years and years and years and years and years so i'm used to that you know fun mystery of coming from a homebrew world and not really knowing anything and, you know, I've jammed homebrew worlds and they're flexible and things like that. And so it was interesting for me to kind of relearn how to balance my player brain in a, okay, there are established things here that more people know about. And so how do I balance that as I'm playing to make sure I'm falling within the parameters of what it's quote unquote supposed to be versus, you know, this ethereal thing that is a little bit more my brain just wanted to say gelatinous, but no, that's not works. the right word. Um, you know, a little bit more malleable. That's the word. That's the word. Malleable. I was looking for malleable. Um, you know, so it was. It was definitely. It definitely was an interesting balance for me, but one that I enjoyed. 
and still enjoy playing with. I like that we have the the two sort of, like you said, converse uh, perspectives. It really goes to show you that every player comes from a different background and has different, uh, not expectations necessarily, but like uh, different approaches, I think. And um, as much as like you can be like, oh, did you have fun? And everyone's like, yes, I had fun. Everyone has fun in a different way. It's like, how did you have fun? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, uh, did the world you play in have an effect on your character or even how you played them as you started to play them more and more? And conversely, do you think your character has had an effect on the world? Jack did. <laughs> yeah, Jack definitely has had an effect on the world. Um, Just no spoilers, but spoilers. <laughs> but if the world's had an effect on him, um, I think a little bit. I think I think the characters have had more of an effect on him than really the world, because if it had been any other Slayer and any other group of Scoobs, I don't think he would have pushed himself as hard yeah i feel as though cheryl has had an impact on the world that's been created for this this series as opposed to like like at odds with like the buffy existence but i would i would hope that there is uh uh or or assume that there'll be a more common thread of weird logistics and technology and um and financing um uh and then yeah i, I believe that uh probably I, I i played it differently being like realizing that as as a character with a with a character sheet being like oh we're also in modern day in cleveland ohio oh yeah i'll just do whatever i can think of that i could do um uh, any 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 similarities of of skills or things that I could think of, um, but or even things I'm not good at that I could go. Cheryl would be good at this. Let's 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 see if I can bullshit enough for the director to believe me. Yep. I feel like you yay. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and we cheered, you know, Cheryl on because it was always for our benefit. So you know. Um, yeah, I think he had an effect for the most part on a more local level than like on the world, you know, he, um, doing what he did, he saved lives and he continues to save individual lives. I think before the group, he didn't do anything truly like, oh, if I don't stop this, the world is going to end or the city is going to sink. But, you know, he did his fair, at least his best to stop little, you know, weirded cults and demon summonings and various other minor nefarious acts but like a mega impact didn't happen until the finale i think that's the first time he's really felt like he has done something truly good for the world um even if it was brutal and there were unintended side effects that we're not going to spoiler or we may end up spoiling we'll see how that goes Season one is done, so spoil away. 
Oh, okay. Jack uh, used plastic explosives to blow open the Hellmouth uh, while trying to stop one of the... No, I murdered a dude to open the Hellmouth. The plastic explosives was an attempt to seal it again. I mean, that's the way you want to spin it. That's, yes. you know, it's fine. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. It's the story you want to write. <laughs> exactly. You were the only one there, you know. You were the only one who was in the room and it happened. And uh, But, yeah, no, that, that was, like... I said the first first real time where he felt like, hey, the world is better. Not just like this block or this, you know, part of the city is better, but the world as a whole is better because we murdered or killed two eugenicist vampires who had made new gems of Amara. Like nothing good was going to come of that. Oh, and you know, Ash had to go on a date with a chaos demon, so that was also. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I think Ash feels, you know, a little bit similar of that, you know, they hadn't felt like they had done anything super big until near the end, except for, you know, managing to maybe get Kip to like them. And Kip definitely still used them, but, um, you know, being on the good side of a chaos demon isn't always a bad thing until you're ready to kill him. So they're working towards that goal, too. Um, still. But I think... do you think you've gained any insights by playing these characters in this world like has putting your character or perhaps aspects of yourself into the admittedly low-key insane buffy universe allowed for any realization realizations or conclusions about yourself drawn any parallels to your life etc um i think the whole thing about jack's wife being dead made me realize just how much i love mine um i know that's kind of fucking corny but it's true because me trying to go through the whole scene and everything that was actually emotionally quite charging for me um i did actually have a bit of an issue not like issue but um there were tears that i didn't want to show you guys and and that was that was just something that i had like we kind of like made up on the spot almost yep i uh i put a fair amount of you is a lot like my college self only i didn't deal drugs that legitimately didn't sell weed or anything i did smoke a fair amount of it but um what really like kind of sparked for me was um when and this, when estia died when we had all of that happening that was also right when my wife is about to start a second shift job my wife plays of Gloriosa, who played estia um was about to start a second shift job which and i work you know 5 30 in the morning and she'd be working 3 p.m to like 3 in the morning um so i wasn't you know, there four days out of the week because she works four tens that I was pretty much only going to see her for one hour before she went to work. And that was it. And just kind of when we were doing the whole SDA thing, that really hit. If you watch the show, which you should, um, you can probably see that, uh, you know, very emotional. Like I teared up. There were legitimate tears on screen and everything. And I'm man enough to uh, to admit that that happened and that those were real tears, not just like I yanked a nose hair when nobody was looking so I could get some mistiness going on. Um, I don't know about any like massive revelations beyond that. Um, just, you know, yay is a kind of a facet of me. A lot of most, most of my characters are, but I think that's the, the way for most people. 
you don't really get to role play tin tabletops the death of somebody in like a real world setting often especially when it's like a visceral like you're talking about how they died they're a college student like they have friends they have family their reactions um, uh the reactions of, of the of the other players talking to family um really uncovered or not uncovered but really tapped into some real trauma cool. when i when i uh when i was talking to some uh, player characters some npcs uh being like i'm gonna call someone's family member and let them know that uh that someone that they care about passed away fucking railed me honestly yeah. really uh really made me upset because uh, that's not fun um obviously uh but it's it's something that at afterwards you're like there there is something else like there is tomorrow there is something and after that conversation there is something and and trying to navigate death uh or or having someone that was really close to you that you lost is is doable and media media either through like role like role play with with other people or watching tv and movies although it's really really sensitive and and uh, incredibly sore spot for a really long amount of time it does does end up becoming cathartic after an amount of time and i was right at that edge of being like oh i'm not comfortable but i'm but this is this is something here and i'm, I'm working through something so yeah made me re-realize be like oh yeah this this whole process is fucking awful <laughs> that episode was just as hard to watch as the body was when it came out <sighs> yeah. that was the episode where buffy's mom dies and they take it in a fairly realistic fashion yes. i would say that honestly because of the personal connection i have with you guys the episode where estia dies was harder to watch and I bawled like a baby. We were all quite, quite upset. It was, <laughs> that was real. That was real tears. I was playing a woman though, so, so it was yeah. real female yeah. tears. No, but I definitely think that Estia's. Yeah, I think that Estia's death had like a lot of impact, a lot of on a lot of on all of us, like you know, outside the game. Um, and so I think you know, having that and then moving forward with that kind of affected us in and out of the game and i think it changed at least for me how i played ash a little bit more um after fc's death for sure not just how ash acted as a character <laughs> for me as the director as the gm even it was i've never been the one to dish out death before and i know it's fictional death but it's also very real because you become very attached to these characters. And I was very emotional because, you know, Glory was leaving the group, not just the game. And um, I mean, she's still in the chat and everything, but um, like, you know, I was... I was like, what am I going to do now? And I, all of these emotions were like running through me. And also my 
dad had passed away like four months before. So it was a very new, very hard to comprehend feeling that I almost kind of went numb for in the moment because I had to just push through it. But it it definitely changed my perspective of what I don't want to say what it takes to be a GM like I'm gatekeeping but like what sometimes you have to muster it the power that you can be that you can hold and sometimes have to find in yourself to be strong enough to be a GM when shit hits the fan and finding that strength in myself in a really bittersweet way was a very emotional realization so that's my two cents <laughs> yeah definitely you do find yourself in positions um for for every emotion um, where someone's role playing at you or speaking at you, and there's been, yeah, you're like, you're like, I think, I think that they're not feeling this way towards me, or I feel like this is acting, um, and it always, it always pushes some envelope, and you're like, yeah, 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 we're continuing on with the scene. Okay, let's let's move on. I'm definitely not like a little like sad that you just yelled at me in character. <laughs> like, yeah. So having gone through what you have so far, what advice would you give your character? And would you give yourself the same Seek advice? therapy. <laughs> Grow up, is what I tell Ash. <laughs> uh, I, keep run... slaying queen. Yeah. Keep it up. <laughs> no one can keep you down. Don't need anybody to tell you what to do. Um, and, uh, don't go back to any paranormal nonsense cause it'll, it'll, it ends, uh, ends up with, with pretty girls dead. I would echo the, th the, the therapy part of that. <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's keep swaying queen, at least in, in Ye's case. Um, he just doesn't have that energy. Um, but also mostly like to realize that you, you know, unlike Cheryl, you can't control everything. Um, you know. A lot of the things that he's still kind of blaming himself for and, and bearing the weight of, there was really nothing he could do. I mean, we tried to stop it, but Chris wasn't letting us. Um... <laughs> I gave you the <laughs> options <laughs> to let her die or keep her alive, and you guys let her die. <laughs> I don't know. We did what made sense at the time for our characters. I'm talking about when we but, tried to stop her from getting taken in the first place. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. DSX kidnappers up there. Had to happen, okay? Something's had to happen, eh? Okay. okay. All right. Sounds okay. like it wasn't a choice then. I remember, I remember this. It was faded. Uh, but it was the yeah, illusion you know, of choice. The illusion of choice. I mean, it was like she dies or she becomes an NPC. Yeah. By dying. By dying. By dying, yeah. Dying, you know, yes, technically. See, 
But part of the problem for Ye is that he, uh, he, given the fact that the powers that be send him visions of potential futures, he kind of feels like some things, you know, some things are meant to happen, and obviously some things that can be seen in the future can be stopped. And so he's still questioning why he wasn't allowed to stop that one. Why, out of everything he was shown, he wasn't shown one of the people he cared about most in this world being taken and turned. Um, you know, and if it's, even if it, it may have had to be that way because the powers that be know he would have stopped it. And, you know, they had to follow this route to really stop the, you know, eugenicists, vampire horribleness that that was taking place but um you can call them nazis nazis vampire yeah. nazis so nazis. Yeah, nazis so um i know it probably got caught up in loss and everything that was happening but you did see Estia getting turned uh, one of those visions was well he couldn't he couldn't tell that it was Estia at the time that's true that was that was, you know, you, the powers that be wanted him to. Poorly on your like memory test or whatever, and <laughs> so it was the Ooh. dice's fault. Okay. So it's also Ye's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Just to yep, really see, push, hammer that. See, all that, all that self-loathing there is totally justified because he didn't use the right, you know, shiny math rock at the time. Glory's gonna get home from work. <laughs> Back house is gonna be crying in a corner, going, "I could have saved her. She confirmed it. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to roll better." <laughs> hey, Tuttle as a perpetually dice cursed person, I get it. Okay, I get it. <laughs> So now that we've talked to the players, once again, we move over to our second set of special guests. Ash, played by Mana Queen. Yay, played by Bat Kyle. Cheryl, played by Eddie. And Jack, played by Bison. Hi there, everyone. Hi. Hey. Hi. Good evening. Want a hit? I'll take one I of I can't it. accept right. that blunt from you across Zoom. Yay. You mean you don't have your own? <laughs> no, I live in... T no, no, I don't. Oh, just I, I wouldn't buy marijuana off anybody but you. I appreciate that. that. I'll come visit sometime. I'll bring a van. <clears throat> of course. So you guys, um, in the thick of it already, how did you get mixed up? In all of this, I say as I make a circling gesture with my hand. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody wants to hear for the hundredth time that I didn't ask for this. I uh, None of us, I think, ask for this. Um, you know, yay to me. I've been, uh, I've been in it since my teens, um, mostly because... As I might have alluded to previously, I uh, I had what some would call the sight, in addition to my otherworldly partial nature. And being an angsty teenager, I abused the crap out of it. I tried to charge people money for my visions. I tried to see visions of riches and you know things I could 
take, um, you know, easy, try to make my gift give me the easiest route through life that I could. And the powers that be said, no, if that's the way you're going to play it, here's what you get to do instead. And that's when I started having the visions of people being killed by horrible demons and vampires and curses and cursed artifacts. And I got to experience their pain and fear and death. And, you know, I tried to balance having a normal life with trying to save lives. And eventually that led to meeting everybody else. Yeah, it's really not that easy. Well, I was uh, educated in some arcane arts and some, well, allowed to peruse through some books that my mama brought down. Uh, and I, I did quite well, uh, you know, placing a few hexes on uh, certain stocks and certain companies uh, once I was able to uh, get an investment account. And then got enough money that I could pay for tuition and make my way up to sunny Cleveland, Ohio, um, which happened to have quite a good business program, finance and program, uh, as well as the ability to commute out to New York every once in a while. And then uh, I was just minding my business looking fabulous at a, uh, at a rager, as it's known in Cleveland, uh, and uh, some... I, I could say an attractive person with who did not know their own strength at the time uh, messed up my outfit and I had to swap with uh, one of my lackeys. Uh, and conveniently, there was a predator waiting in the wings to try and steal me away from the from the party. I'm from Portland originally. I joined the army after. Uh... You know, after Iraq started and, you know, got married after I finished basic, joined the Rangers, did two tours out there, one in Iraq and then one again in Afghanistan. Just before I came back, I shot somebody who had a passenger, as they call them. And uh, that passenger latched onto my wife. Uh, there was a accident to fire and then Colonel Riley Finn taps me on the shoulder says he has a job for me three years later chasing ghosts bunyips a lugaroo through northern Quebec that sucked finally Canada's had was terrible uh, so cold I finally get a job to go to Cleveland of all places. Uh, apparently a young girl was murdered and it made the news. I was given a cover identity and sent on my way. And then, yeah, um, spent a few weeks watching the local wildlife. Uh, ran into the Slayer and her attractive southern friend getting ambushed by vampires saw an excuse and ingratiated myself into the group so what part do you 
all feel that you play in your group or more overall in your world if you feel like you play a role at all per se maybe role isn't the right term but is there something that you feel like you bring to the table that no one else does um i bring weed uh besides that um <laughs> if nothing else i can act as as a shield for some of our more fragile members to do what they do best um while ash does what they do best ash is a better slayer than i am a, a warrior that's just how it is and they're only going to get stronger from here so the best i can do is tank as it were i like to be a uh checks and balances for a series of nonsense that would go on if i wasn't in the group so best of luck to y'all by the way uh i just want to ensure that uh, no one gets used as a pawn in somebody else's game whether they're the the watchers or the demons or or anybody else whatsoever Ideally, if I'm uh, hiding behind a bigger individual, I'm an okay shot. I'm a fighter. Um, like I said, I did two years or two turn or two tours. We'll pretend I knew how to say that. And I know how to shoot. I know how to fight. And I know how to not be noticed. If need be, I am willing to lay down my life for this city and its people. Well, apparently I'm some sort of chosen one. Uh, hate that term. Absolutely hate it. Please never call me that. Uh, <laughs> but apparently I'm supposed to stop things from happening. But I couldn't do it without the help of these lovely people. Uh, so I feel like I'm here to kind of make sure that keeps happening. <laughs> and hopefully we'll continue to be here to do so. <laughs> Wait, does that make us the chosen ones chosen ones? Sure does. <laughs> I'm going to start like just sending you iced coffees to the chosen one. That's how they're going to be delivered. You do it, you'll lose a horn. There's a horny joke in there, but I'm not going to make it this time. You said it, not me. How do you feel about what's happened so far? Pretty bad. Tired, a good answer. <laughs> Mentally, physically, and spiritually exhausted. Because I want that knife back. <laughs> no. You, you want that knife back? I stole it in the first place. Neither yeah, of you can have that knife. I can use it. <laughs> no, he's like scratching his arms. I want that knife back. <laughs> give it, give it to me. Y'all got any of them mystic knives? Hey, little kid, you want a I, knife? I'm proud of what we have accomplished, given what we were given, which is next to nothing and not even an English watcher. <laughs> we have watchers at home. American tweed is not the same. So, 
what have you done? Cheryl's already told us, but what have you done that makes you proud? I feel like with the knife, I was able to finally make a contribution. Between Miss Magic, the half-demon, and our friendly neighborhood slayer, I'm kind of the odd man out when it comes to powers. But I did something. I feel like I completed the mission as it was described to me. And now we get to deal with what command has asked. We avenged Estia. While we haven't ended the threat of vampires entirely, um, even made a huge dent in the overall numbers, we've at least made sure that the people who did this are gone and there'll be no more victims like all those poor bastards we found locked in those, uh, starving in those uh, underground cages. I, uh, we, uh, we, we managed to save the world this time and still somehow passed the school year. So, you know, didn't fail out. That was nice. Thought was going to for a second. Um, but yeah, I'm proud of these nerds getting together and working with them. And I'm proud to say that I have a solid group of friends. So how are you feeling for the future? Worried, especially since Cheryl is abandoning us. Or, you know, leaving to actually live her life somewhere the way she actually wants to live her life. Little, little jealous of Cheryl, actually, because there's no, there's no out for yay. There's not really an out for, for mana. Um, Jack, maybe, but... <laughs> You know, the Hellmouth is open if buried. Things are only gonna get worse. And I'm worried that I'm uh, that I'm not gonna be able to stay away. But I should. I think I'm almost also a little worried about having to try and keep this up. I'm also a little worried for what happens when we all start to get really, really tired. Because like Ye said, things are going to keep coming and there is no future without this. So scared. Scared because it's endless. So, given your circumstances, how do you make the best of yourselves and your lives? Try to keep these kids alive as long as possible. Back at you, old man. He's only like 30. <laughs> oh yeah, but Ash is like 21. <laughs> make an impact when I can and uh, make sure to uh, enjoy life when I can. You know, enjoy a, a select number of life while I can. 
uh, try and spend time with grounding elements, family, his friends when they're not actually, you know, outside of Slayer, you know, world saving responsibilities. Um, weed, not gonna lie, that pays, plays a large part, probably too large a part in his, uh, mental well-being at this point um if he could find a therapist he'd probably go to one but otherwise it's just trying to grab as much normalcy um as possible to not make every meeting about oh i saw a slug monster last night or whatever but to you know just hang out and be like how are you know how are classes going uh, hang out watch a movie um you know just go to the park and try not to notice any nefarious doings at said park, especially during the day. It's easier during the day. Don't go to the parks at night, kids. Um, or the graveyards. Don't do that. Yeah, definitely don't go to the graveyards. Trying to grab whatever joy and um, whatever grounding can be found. Because it's not a given. Life for us is at this point long life is not a given tomorrow is not a given and who knows maybe somebody will eventually actually ask you out on a date instead of just kind of vaguely hinting in ways that he doesn't pick up on yeah. asking if you're free on saturday is asking you on a date yay no they have to be what do you they have to say i, I would like tickets tickets to go sit to a concert <laughs> would you like to go with me is asking you on a date coffee could be a date <laughs> I, just, I didn't like any of the bands that were playing i don't it doesn't matter oh we'll get there we'll get there don't she matter. she said that she didn't care what they played either she just wanted to hang out they need to just, is it too much to ask for people to just say specifically, I am looking to potentially start a relationship with you? Is it that awkward? Yes. Those ones were coming on too strong. Yeah, of course. They didn't say it like that. They said, I want to ride you like a mob carousel. Right. That's... What's the next question, interviewer? We need to get off this topic. Um, I think I know probably all of your answers to this next question but I think it still has to be asked if you could change anything at all and have it stick what would it be it can be big, small now, then here, there anything that full point oh GPA would have been really nice on my on my uh... My resume. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. I, I miss Estia dearly. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd like Estia here. I miss Diane. Uh, no vampires in the world actually would have been mine ever. Oh, that, that kind of goes like of all time forever. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. Yeah, no vampires. But like, what? It does solve a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah, it does. No death. No death. Maybe. Yeah. Well, then then we all get old and crusty. So maybe just no vampires. Well, you know, if you if you follow the regimen that I've been sending you, 
It's just going to make sure that everything stays there are up so for many at least an additional 15 Cheryl, years. It takes like 25 minutes in the morning. I color coded you know them and I wrote you a little song. It's fine. It's easy. <sighs> fine. I'll teach you some telepathy and it, it's much easier when you don't have to use your hands. And I, then I can do multiple things at once. That would be great. Thank you. Yes. What would you guys do if you weren't caught up in the worlds of in the world of demons and nasties? I'd probably just be working with my family. I might have still gone to college, but it would have been for something, you know, that would work with the, the catering business and just stuck closer to home. But while, you know, my parents can take care of themselves, I just, I needed to get away. I was painting too big a target on myself doing what I did and they'd either insist on trying to help and get hurt and their business would fail or something would come looking for me there at their place and there's a lot of ways that could have gone wrong so white picket fence two and a half kids and a dog what would you do with the other half a kid I'm not really sure yet you know it's a really good circus amusement no offense, Jack, but like that'd be that could bring in some money. <laughs> I probably would just finish school, avoid questions like these. What do you want to be in five years? I don't know. Probably, you know, help my dad in the shop and take over when it was time and be really into cars because damn cars are cool. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I would do the least amount of work for the most amount of money, so I'd likely be a financial advisor, uh, which I do in my spare time. Um, and then I would uh, likely skirt around uh, breaking any financial laws and make sure that I don't get prosecuted. The American dream. Maybe go golfing every now and then. Oh, yeah. Easy. Okay. These ones are... More lighthearted, I promise. Favorite color, go. Heel. <laughs> Hunter green. Like a like a purple, like a like a magenta, like like Daphne's outfit in Scooby Doo purple. Nice. Uh, favorite animal. German shepherd. Pandas. Arctic fox. Ooh, what was that? Pandas. Ooh. I want to nice. hug pandas. Arctic fox for sure the only animal almost as lazy as you oh uh, let's say chinchilla <laughs> oh they're little dust baths oh they're so cute, mm -hmm. they are cute. <laughs> okay uh what's a power you wish you had to sleep through the night uh, probably healing like actually the ability to just touch and heal I like to be able to turn off perception. If if I could just snap my fingers and I don't have to worry about anybody perceiving me any sort of way for the rest of the day, that would be phenomenal. I was just about to say invisibility, but I like yours better, Cheryl, and I can't believe I just said that. Great minds. <laughs> would you rather... Fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses. 
I have fought one horse-sized duck. Would not recommend it. Uh, you know, I want to go with the horse-sized duck, though, because we all saw what happened with the squits. Like, there's too many of yeah, them. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's do a horse-sized duck, yep. because if we take it on as a team, we know we have that handled. And I don't have many AOE spells. I've been trying to learn fireball, but it just it, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, and the duck's just got the bill. It can do some crushing damage, but horses have teeth and hooves. Um, and a hundred of them, even if they're tiny, they can run faster than me. Uh, I think eventually they'd wear me down. But one horse-sized duck, I could take a horse-sized duck. And you could eat the duck afterwards. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. riding like really a want to eat the horses Ooh. afterwards. Sylvie duck breast for months. Yeah. <laughs> duck confit french fries? Come on. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Uh, and finally... What advice would you give your player? Cardio. <laughs> Learn to forgive yourself and and let go and realize when things are beyond your control. I was just about to say that you can't control everything. You're happy now. Your partner's happy now. Your daughter is happy now. Don't fuck it up. Keep that going. You can't see it, but I'm nodding. <laughs> Proudly. <laughs> uh, thank you so much to our guests from Grave New World. And thanks so much for listening, everyone. If you want to support professional questers, you can donate through Ko-Fi at ko-fi.com slash professhquesters. That's P-R-O-F-E-S-H questers. Or you can subscribe to a monthly tier there or on Patreon to get lots of good bonus content and rewards. Links will be in the description. You can also follow us on Instagram at professionalquesters, Twitter at professhquesters again, and join our Discord at the link in the description. Have a wonderful day, everyone, and I hope your adventures are always good ones. Say bye, everybody. Bye, bye everybody. Bye, bye everybody. <laughs>